Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm sorry that I haven't been more recent and we will be coming back to being more recent, I do promise. I have had a problem with my mobile and my laptop broke as well, so it's been a very costly year so far. I'm about to have a new car, a new phone, new laptop. It's all going wrong. But today I'm joined by Ange. Surely you've missed me, Ange, in the past podcast. I've missed you, I've missed your dulcet tones, I've missed your positivity. I'm so looking forward to your positivity after the last few weeks. This will be amazing. Positivity can't come really into play with it at the moment, Ange. I mean, since we haven't done the podcast, we've played Bristol City and we lost, was it 2-1? We lost to them. And then we drew 0-0 to Birmingham City, which ended up being a positive result. We then lost 2-1 to West Brom. We then somehow lost to the worst team I've seen in the Championship since we've been down Wigan, like 1-0. And then we drew with Cardiff, which again was like pulling teeth. And then we lost at home to QPR in our final home game. So can we sum up how it's gone from being an incredible month in March to this month? Well, I will say this, that I don't think the players were on the beach. I just don't think they're good enough. I, I think we can all make excuses for them, but it's been appalling. And if we hadn't have had that really good month, Ian, we would possibly have been fighting for the last relegation spot. That's what worries me, that we were so close to being in that last relegation spot. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, my thoughts are that they are clearly on the beach. The last couple of games, I think they have. To be honest, I think once we lost to Bristol City and lost any kind of realistic opportunity, and it was going to, I mean, it was a far distant opportunity is what I'm saying, but we, we had a chance of playoffs, a very small chance. And then the Bristol City defeat just ended it. I think that after that they sort of down tools, but there's, but I think Alex Neal is trying to brush away and figure out what he wants to keep and what he doesn't want to keep. And I, I think their performances have been sloppy. I mean, especially the Wigan and QPR one. There's no excuses for them. I know QPA, QPR of QPA, QPR have got a couple of good players in. You know, like Chair, for example, a player I love at Stoke, I've got to be honest. But for me, the Wigan result was poor. We can't keep having this, can we, Ange? Because, I mean, we, we beat Coventry, who I think at this moment are in the playoffs, aren't they? 4-0 at their place. How can we go yeah. from winning 4-0 at Coventry to losing at home to Wigan and QPR? I, I find that it's just so Stoke-like, isn't it? They seem to be able... The worrying thing for me is how can you play so well away and so bad at home? I mean, the next worst home form in the league, possibly if we don't do well at Watford, the worst points total since 85. Everybody said that he had got a a lot of work to do when he inherited the squad from Michael O'Neill. He brought in seven lone players and... I am really concerned about the way the team's going. Not because I don't think he can bring in players of better quality. Hand on heart, that wouldn't be too much... Too much there wouldn't be a great deal of difficulty doing that uh, based on the way the players have played recently. But when you look at somebody like Nottingham Forest who brought in loads of players uh, because they knew they needed to to survive in the Premier League, they've, it's not work for Nottingham Forest. They're 
struggling very much to stay in the Premier League. I think it's an almost impossible ask to bring in 12 players, and he's going to need to bring in 12 players, to um, turn the club round and to get them halfway up the table in one season. I think you're looking at four or five years before Stoke are going to be challenging for anything other than staying in the division as a mid-table club, I really do. No, it is all on recruitment, I agree with you. And recruitment we'll talk about a bit later on as well. We're going to talk about the players in and players out. But, I mean, the performances on the pitch, I mean, I can't understand where Smallbone's gone. Josh Laurent is, is, you know, the only one that's stayed consistent for me. But it's a drop-off. We all, we all know and wish, well, actually, I'd better say that on the pod. We wish Ben Wilmot well. We know it's old news, but we haven't done a podcast since. To, to be honest, ever since Wilmot's got that injury, things have fallen apart. I think we've only picked up one point out of four games since Wilmot's injury. So... For me, there's going to have to be a massive red, but there's going to have to be a stable, controlled spend. We do, what we don't want to see again, Ange, is where we go out, waxed one hundred and thirty million pound on. Let's be honest, what was it? Twelve players, and none of them have a big impact. We've got to go out for me and and pick four, five good, solid players that will improve the team, and then loan around it. That's what we've got to do. I don't expect us to be chat. Well, I do. I'm hoping we challenge for the playoffs. If we finish ninth next year after spending 40, 50 million and we've built a squad that looks capable and we've got a group of good young players, I'd, I'd look at it and go, yeah, that that's first achievement done. But I don't I don't agree with four or five years. If, we, if we're not around the playoffs or fighting to get promoted in, in the next two, three years or spending money, then we're going to be back in square one again where... We've got three years now where we can spend money, but I don't want them to go out and throw it all in one go. I think we should just be very cautious with how we do it so that we don't put ourselves back in trouble. That That's where I, I believe we should do. I mean, there's a, there's quite a few players that, for me, we could get. I mean, we've got Max Beard at Derby. If, hopefully, if Derby don't come up, which I don't think they will, if Derby stay down... There's two players in their midfield who I think will fit in at our squad beautifully. I've been banging on about them since last season. Max Beard in, in Knight, Jason Knight, I think his name is. Improvements to the midfield. That's where we need to go, Ange, for the younger players that are improving and playing well. What we don't want keep doing and falling down, the same trap that we we keep getting fall, falling down, is getting has-beens from other clubs bringing them into his team and then going oh they aren't performing well they weren't performing before you signed them so what, what are you expecting it, it, it's, it's a real hard task to buy, to buy four or five out of form expensive signs and turn them round three managers have failed doing that with Nathan Jones with Gary Rowett and to an extent Michael O'Neill did we've got to make sure that the spenders are out this season because we, we can't have many more of these seasons because if we do we'll be dropping down to 14, 15, 15 at every home game because if you can explain to me why people would turn up to the home games next season by all means right, well how can I put this are you thinking that Stoke are going to spend how much in the next transfer window well I'm expecting between 30 and 40 million Right, well, I'm going to say to you now, a word I've used quite often, deluded. Stoke will not be in a position to spend that amount of money, even though we're in a, in a new round of FFP. They still have to comply with FFP regulations 
and you cannot outspend to the amount you are saying in the first year of FFP. In my opinion, Stoke won't spend any more than nine million, and that's if they have nine million to spend. It's time for a new board, that isn't it? Ian, a new board cannot change the FFP. From what I've been told of FFP, and this comes from an expert from a while, I don't know much about the new rules, because it's not FFP anymore, is it? It's, it's something else. I'm not sure what it's called. I don't want to make a mockery of it. But I was told you can spend whatever you want in three years as long as the, the inflation's covered. So from what I'm understanding of the new rules, owners can put money in to cover debt, but they'll still get hit if they overpay, if they overshoot what they earn. Now, if Stoke, for me, well, if we, if we don't spend 30, 40 million pounds in the modern market, we're going to be in this league for 10 years. And I, and I can't have that. I don't want us to, I, I can't have the fact that we're going to get, have done all that, those 10 years in the Premier League to go right back where we were before. I just can't have it. They've either got to spend to get round it or bring people in who know what they're doing. I mean, the, the, things have improved since I've been on the, obviously, the council. I have seen I have seen more positive changes behind the scenes compared to what it was like before. But we we can't be spending nine million in 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 competing at the top ends of this league. We just won't. And it's simple as that. We, if we only spend nine million pounds with how shoddy our team is at the moment, we could go down. We've got to get. We've got to bring quality players in. You say that, and I appreciate what you're saying, but they will not be spending the amount of money that you think they will be spending. That's fact. They just won't be. They will not ever put themselves in a position to be full foul of financial fair play again. They got out of it by the skin of their teeth, by some very constructive ability to, to bend, not break the rules, to bend the rules, and that, those loopholes are now shut. And we've done everything we can to stay on the right side. Reading finally got caught, and as a result, it looked like they may go down. Stoke just managed, just managed to avoid it. And for that, I think we've got to be very, very grateful. I think if you're expecting them to spend the type of money we both know they need to spend, it isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I do think that people need to wake up to the fact that he's going to have to continue to work in, work in a, an area that we don't want to work in because we have very rich owners, but we will be working in just because of the way the nature of football now. I, I understand that, but it, it, there's nothing in the rules to stop them spending a hundred million and there really isn't. No, there isn't anything in the rules, but there are fines if you do so, and you can't cover that by the money coming in. Yeah, but you, you can cover there's that. You can cover that over three years, and so we won't get hit for three years. So it's it's but even. When you get hit on that third year, you will get relegated because you'll get a maximum amount of points, no. which could be like Derby. They're not going to take that chance. Or you get in the Premier League. Bearing in mind, right, I'll ask you a question now. If you were a footballer looking to improve your lot, and when I say improve your lot, I mean looking to go to a team where you might improve your chances of getting promoted, would you go to Stoke City at this moment in time? Yeah, I would, yeah. Of course, right. course I would, yeah. 
I mean, we've got a fantastic training facility. We've got a good ground. We've got a good fan base. We've got very, we've got very rich owners that, for me, need to spend a bit more money, I'll be honest. But the, the, the thing is that we have got a good base. The problem is we just can't seem to get the right the, ma- the manager right and the squad right. That's the only problem. Everything else well, is right. Let's, let's go back to the first part of what you just said. We can't seem to get the manager right. You thought this manager was going to be the man that turned it round. Do you still think he is the man that's going to turn us around? I, I never said that, Ange. I just got very excited because we beat Coventry 4-0 and four, there was a few four goals. We had a run. It's the first one we've had for a long, long time. So I did get a bit excited. But I've, I've, ne- I've never had 100% faith in Alex Neil. Yeah, he's, right, well, because I said... Right. Go on, let me just say go what on. I'm saying. Before I said before, I said, if a manager give me a run, I'll get behind him. Because Michael O'Neill failed to do it the year before, which is why I wanted him moved on. Alex Neal's given me a run, so I'll give him a year. Now, he's not impressed me at all, because we've only had that run and that's it. That's the only thing we can shout about, except... But he has got the best out of two or three of the signings that he's brought in, which is a positive hand. Because if you look at what Michael O'Neill was bringing in, most of it was garbage. And he didn't work long term, they'd have... Good little spells here, good little spells there, but they weren't making big impacts. Now, I understand that Pearson and Twanzabe aren't, not Twanzabe, Hoover aren't our signings. Now, we're probably not going to get Hoover if we've only got £9 million spend, I agree. And we, we, to be honest, it's going to be hard to get Pearson if we've only got £9 million spend. So when you're putting yourself down to that little amount of money, you're still doing the same thing that we've been doing over the last three, four years, where we're bringing in free transfers. Now, can we bring a better standard of free transfer? And we're going to have to see. But if we, all I'm going to say is, if, if we've only got £9 million spend, then it's going to, you might be right, it might take four or five years. I'll ask you another question then. Was that a good enough given, answer? It's what you believe. Given January, he bought in all those loan players because he said they would make our season better. Given that some of those players haven't exactly set the world on fire, be it for injury or whatever, what makes you think that the transfer window in the summer will be better? I have no faith or anything at all, Ange, but I've got a hope, Anta, and it's a hope that kills me. All Stoke supporters live on hope. But I'm asking you, what gives you... You hear him speak, I hear him speak... Every match after every match, and they all every manager comes out with reasons why they haven't won. We know why they haven't won. There's an obvious reason: they haven't scored as many, or they haven't, or you know, they've conceded more than they should have. That's every manager can say that. And there's always a reason for every goal going in, even if you're the best team in the world. If you look at the situation with Stoke and the team this time. It's looking, unless we beat Watford, as we're going to have, as I said, the worst points record for a long, long time. Michael O'Neill left the club because the, the, the owners didn't think he could take the club any further forward. Given that fact, and given that the forwards that, he, that Alex Neil was using were all players that were brought in by Michael O'Neill, what gives you the thought that he will make things better in the summer. I know you hope, but what have you seen? And I'm not having a go because I hope he makes things better too. But I'm asking, what have you seen from the team this season that makes you think 
Alex Neal is the man. <sighs> You're asking me a question on a man I'm not 100 percent on. Um, I feel like he'll he'll do well because the improvements in Smallbone, the improvements in Laurent, L- Laurent, the improvements in Tyrese Campbell over the last three to four months. Now, Ian, you just said five minutes ago what's happened to Will Smallbone? He's disappeared. Yeah, I know that. I know. I know. But, I know. But the thing is. It's the end of the season, Andrew. We've got nothing to play for. We, we've seen it many a time where Stoke, even f- players like Fuller and Everington and even top players from the past have, have given up when there's no play for in the last couple of games. They're on the beach. Now, Smallbone, for a good period, was really good for us for about two months. And it was it coinciding with Alex Neal. Let, let's put his mind back to how bad Smallbone was before with, under Michael O'Neill. What did you say at January, same as I did, about Will Smallbone? I thought he was superb for a while, but before <laughs> that, I thought he was awful. He was, he was awful under Michael O'Neill, and so was Campbell, and so was many of the other players. And, and Josh Laurent, I, I thought what we signed him for, he, he looks hopeless. Now, this year, I've got to be honest, he's one of my three contenders for player of the season, Josh Laurent. And to be honest, Smallbone might be, we're going to find out later on. But... The thing, the thing I'll talk about with it is, I mean, we'll go into the transfer rooms and what's going on. But for me, when you talk about Alex Neal, I do, I have a little bit of faith because of that run, just that run. That's all, because at the moment, being a Stoke fan, there's not a lot to cling to. So I'm going to give him that opportunity. Now, if he fails, if, if it's coming up to Christmas next year and we're fourth bottom, bye-bye Alex Neal. Simple as that. The board trust him. For some reason, John loves him. I don't understand why. You don't understand why. And there's probably 20% of the Stoke fans in the ground don't understand why. I find him boring. I think he's dowie. He says the obvious things, but then never changes anything in the team. And he can't keep consistent runs. But that's been his history as a manager. He's never had consistent runs wherever he's been. Norwich, Hamilton, especially Preston... And even Sunderland, you've got to remember when he took over Sunderland, they were third. He finished fifth and got him up through the playoffs. Now, we've got to hope that he gets that money and brings in good players like he did it with Sunderland. He got, for example, Danny back from us. He got um, Clark. He got Patrick Roberts. He got he, he brought players in that massively improved that team. Not enough to move higher, obviously, but he, he, got, he, he looked a better unit. And, and look, look at him now because of that unit he built. Sunderland and where are Sunderland now? Seventh, eighth. So I have that hope, and you'll give him that chance because of what he did with Sunderland. But if he's another failure, I honestly don't know where I look next. You know, I wanted Michael Carrick or John Terry at the start of the season, mainly John Terry. I know, don't know why I said Michael Carrick first there, trying to look like I knew what I was on about. But I want, I want an unknown. If we have somebody next, look at Vincent Company. He had a little bit of experience at Belgium. Burnley brought him in. They've literally walked to the league, the quickest winners of the championship ever. And I, and look what Carrick's done at Middlesbrough. I brought because we keep bringing in dinosaurs that have never really done it, done anything. Well, not, they've done things, but in the way past. I'd rather see a fresh face. I mean, our greatest ever manager, Tony Warrington, never managed before Stoke. So I'm going to give Alex Neal that opportunity because for me, after that run of results from March, he deserves it. I'm not hundred percent. I'm not even eighty percent. I'm sixty percent behind him, which is just around. We'll give him another season, but. 
He's given me good time, good feelings about going Stoke for the first time in probably three years. So I'll give him that opportunity. I know you've lost the faith with him, Ange, but I'll give him. No, no, I'm not saying I've lost the faith with him. What I'm, I'm trying to be realistic. I have faith in everybody that manages Stoke City and every player we buy, even those that I think aren't very good. I'll still back them, and you back everybody because we Stoke supporters. What I'm, I'm asking is. Realistically, when you look at the curve of how Stoke City have done in the Championship, right? We're not. Well, there's only one way we're going. We're getting worse every season, and eventually the trap door opens. I'm asking, what does anybody see, yourself included, that means that there's light at the end of the tunnel? There's no way that Alex Neal thought when he came here he'd be happy with where we're going to finish. Absolutely no chance at all. And I'm concerned, as I said to you, that getting all those players in, which we know he has to do, we know he has to get players in, I'm concerned in how they are all going to gel together and move this club on. Well, I'm concerned, and I'm, I'm concerned because even in January, we were bringing Aspins in. And when we talk about the January, January, when we talk about the windows, you know, Twan's Abbey's on a lot of money. I'd rather go get some some young man young players from league one or league two that have imp- that can they're, they're up for the fight not players who are here just to just to get football to try and hopefully get back in a bigger club when they go back i mean i love the loan market and we've we've used it quite well this season because it sort of kept us in the league but the thing we've got to look at is how we're going to improve the team because the problem is there's going to be that many outs this season that unless we decide to offer them contracts, but brutally honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't offer any of the players who are out of contract a new contract. And if offers, exactly. and if the offers come in for the players that we've already got, I'd, I'd take them. I mean, if somebody come yeah. in for eight million for Jacob Brown, bloody get it gone, get him gone. We yeah, can, we can get, absolutely. we can use that money better. If somebody comes in yeah. with a four million pound offer for Tyrese Campbell, bye bye Tyrese Campbell. I'd let them all go. I, yeah. Honestly, apart from Connor Taylor and a couple of young lads, Ted's Gale and a few others, oh, the rest of them can go. I, I, I have no compassion to well set Laurent. Like Laurent's proved himself, and I do like him, and I think he's a, he, he could be a good leader for the club. But the rest of them can go. All of them. I mean, Louis Baker. I was. I've been proved right again. A lot of people say I talk nonsense, including you, Ange. But I said last season, do not give Louis Baker a long-term contract till he proves himself over the season. And he had half a season where he did well, given a contract. He's been one of our worst players this season. I'll, I'll say that and admit it openly. He has been woeful, Louis Baker. He's, had, he's been wavy and doesn't, he looks like he doesn't want to be there. And as soon as he got dropped, it was like, how dare you drop me? I'm Louis Baker. No one's heard of you, mate. Nobody's heard of you. You've been out in, in Holland for three years. Nobody, nobody knows who you are. Still give you an opportunity and you've fluffed it. You're going to be out on loan for the next two years now. It probably, I don't know, crew avail. I mean, who wants to go play there? You know, you've got to be, you've got to be either a kid or an idiot. Go play there, haven't you? Right, there was yeah. a rant. And I've, I've, I'm sorry for everybody. And I do, I'm, I'm sorry to avail. Well, I'm not, actually, I don't care. But the... What I'm going to say is with it is that there's going to be a real difficult challenge for Alex Neal. Whoever goes in there, it's going to be difficult. There's no no two ways about it. But I want us to take advantage of niches and take take advantage 
of the young players or players from Scotland or Ireland or wherever, Romania, Hungary. I don't give a monkey's where you get them from. Just get players that have got hungry, not somebody like Keithy Moore, who was, who's been linked to us today. Now, does this have big alarm bells to you like it does me? Yes, it probably does. Why are we link, getting linked to Keithy Moore? He's got a big contract. He hasn't really been playing. He's 37. He isn't. I don't know how old he is, but he's he, it's ringing doorbells with Sam Vokes all over again. It's not just that. It's looking at players like Ashley Barnes, who's been there, done it. It worries me that the market we're play, we're, we're looking at. But having said that, when you're in the situation we're in, I think you have to look at that market. I don't think you do, Ange. This is the thing. You've got to be clever. Like, the thing is with Ashley Barnes, I mean, how much is he on at Burnley? 50, 60 grand a week, something like that. He'd be on big money. Why He'll want, if he comes to Stoke, it'll be a half-wage drop. So he'll go from 25 to 30 grand a week. We could bring yeah. in three younger players from League 2 and League 1, or from Scotland, or from Romania, or from Hungary, wherever, that would be, would be younger, fresher, and we could make money on if they do well. Ashley Barnes, he comes in, he'll have one season, because the thing is, if you get bringing in Ashley Barnes in, you've got to have a set squad. You've got to have a squad that's set, it's just missing a finisher. We haven't got a set squad. We need to rebuild that defence, because Jag Elkin, we can't give him another year, because he's, he's 40 now, so we can't give him another year. We don't want an Ashley Barnes. We've got Jacob Brown and Gale. They'll do for the season we're in. We need to rebuild that defence so we don't keep leaking goals left, right and centre. You've got to remember, at the end of the season, we're not going to have a wing-back. We're only going to have time and we know we know how ropey his form is. So there's more important parts than spending 30 grand a week on an Ashley Barnes or a Kiefer Moore. That, that's where I'm saying... this is where, Because they've said they've learned from the mistakes, but the two players we've been linked to this weekend makes me worried. Because it screams, they're still making the same mistakes. They've brought another Ricky Martin in who's listening to the manager and works for the manager rather than works for the club and gives the manager quality players. I've been saying it for years. I mean, we look through the squad now and we'll go through them. So we've got Sarkic, he's going back to Wolves. We've got Morgan Fox, contracts up at the end of the season. We've got Alex Tuanzabe, he's going back Man United. Phil Jagielka, 40, his contract's up, probably going to retire into a coaching role. Sam Klukas, contract's up at the end of the season. Lewis Baker, shit. Um, Jacob Brown, he, he, I think he's got two years left on his. Tyrese Campbell's got two years on his. Dwight Gale's got one year after this. Bonham, up at the end of the season. Time and don't really care. Jordan Thompson, I think he's got two years left on his contract. Ben Wilmot, he's got three. Hoover, he's going back to Wolves. Then we look in the rest of them. So we've got Smallbone going back to Southampton. We've got Sterling. Apparently Sterling, we are keen on having, but he wants 20 grand a week and we decided we don't want it. But he's going back Chelsea. Well, his contract's up, so we don't know where he's going. Ben Pearson, I'm hearing it's near enough done, but not sure yet. Chilini, nobody cares. Nick Powell contract up at the end of the season. Lawrence got one year after this one. Lewis Macari, everyone forgot about him. Fielding contracts up. Tezgal, Blondie, Nathan Lowe and Tom Edwards, whose, whose contract's up at the end of the season. So when we look at it, Ange, there's not many we're keeping anyway, is there, really? No, there isn't. And um, I can't say that I'm... Um... 
I'm any more over the moon about that than you. I just think it's a terrible situation to be in, but we've allowed it to happen. Well, the, the big worry sign is me. Is I, I said didn't I think it was earlier on in the season, this club needs a mass spend. He needs a big, a lot of money spending on it. Now, if we've got a budget of nine million, how can we build an entire good quality squad that can compete for the playoffs with nine million? You've nowadays. I'm. I bet Nigel Pearson. Will, Nigel, sorry, Ben Pearson will probably. He'll cost about four million. So then we've lost six million of the budget straight away. So. <laughs> This is the problem we're at. So it's either look for good quality young players or they're going to have to spend more money. They're going to have to risk it a bit, risk it for a biscuit and back the manager to try and get up in the next three years to avoid FFP. There's, there's no other way around. Because if we do it the official way that they're talking about, we'll go down to League One and we are too bad of a position to fix all them problems. You've got to remember we've got one left back, because Fox will probably go at the end of the season. We've got one centre-back who's just gone through a really bad hip injury. We, we need a new team. And there's no way we can buy a new team with £9 million. And especially if we're trying to bring in Ashley Barnes, that's probably £2 million of the budget on a £35 grand a week contract. Exactly. So perhaps now you'll, you'll realise that life isn't going to be quite what you expected. Well, I'm disappointed, aren't you? That's, that's... Well, we're all disappointed. <laughs> it's been the lot of a Stoke fan for quite a few years now. Well, I mean, if we go down to League One, then you, you know what will happen, and you know as well as I do what will happen. They'll, be, they'll start going after the board again. We know what will happen. You look, you look at what the teams that are coming up, you look at the teams coming down, and it's going to be tougher again next season to stand still. Well, well the problem is it's standing still. We're weaker, and we, we, this is probably the weakest we've ever been. And, and they've promised money. they promised spend. Now, if it's that little then we're going to be in a really bad spot because every player's got to work. And the problem is when you're bringing in 12 players, as an example you've said of Nottingham Forest, Fulham as well, if you remember a few years ago when they came up and spent about £150 million. The thing is, the nowadays market, we're going to have to spend big money. There's no two yeah. ways around it. And, you know, we've talked about some of the lone players there. Ben Pearson's done or near enough done is from what I'm hearing and Sterling won't be happening because of his wage demands is is any of this half true or what do you reckon I don't know I just don't know you just don't know I've got I've got to the stage now Ian where I think okay if you look at it in the cold light of day because of all the players that are out of contracts we've got to get new players in if you look at the budget that I think they'll spend I don't think those players, unless we honour some gems from the first division, not your old players who are looking for a last hurrah, um, I think we'll struggle. I look at the teams coming down from the Premier League, I look at the teams coming up from the first division, and I think it's going to be a really hard act anyway. And I'll go with what I said before, it's going to be a good four years, in my opinion, before we're anything like a team going out of this league the right way. But we, we can't, Andrew. If we're spending that li- that little amount you're talking about, it'll take longer than that. It'll take longer than that because the, tr- the truth of the matter is, I mean, the teams that are dropping now are getting bigger. So I've got a, I've got a sneaky feeling Leeds and Everton will drop this this 
this um, this time as well. I mean, Everton are atrocious. Well, Southampton as well. Uh, I think they're going to be in big trouble. Who? Southampton. Oh, they're gone. For me, they're gone. Yeah. Southampton are gone. and For me, it's between Leeds and Everton because they look the yeah. worst. Um, Absolutely. So the three teams that are dropping have been... I mean, Everton have never dropped. They're only one of two teams that have never been relegated from the first division, isn't it? So... Yeah. So to have an Everton down there, you're going to expect them to be strong, but a Villa win took them three goals. So with the teams that are coming down, I mean, firstly off, what who do you think we're going to be playing next season? Southampton, you agree with? Who else do you reckon? I think Everton will come down, and I think it will be Leeds or Leicester, and I think it will be Leeds. I hope you're in a Leicester. We we can't compete if we have got Leicester, Everton, and Southampton in the Championship. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> and the worrying sign is the big clubs are coming out of League One as well that's another big worry for me we've got Ipswich coming up not so much Plymouth but Sheffield Wednesday are in a big dogfight for that playoffs as well and they're in the best yeah. form as well so Sheffield yeah. Wednesday come up they've got plenty of money spent because they've got that massive fan base so yeah. when you look at it I mean what could I mean if Luton go up it goes against us as well because there's another team that, that's got a less budget than us somehow in the Premier League and if they drop they'll become stronger because they'll, they'll have a new ground and they're in the Premier League so the the issue we're having now is that I agree it's going to be difficult to get us out of this position it's going to be a long time but looking at the loan signs that have come in do you think apart from Pearson's everything I'm hearing that's done he will sign other than him, can you see any of the other signings? Sterling looks like not, even though I thought he was the banker, but apparently he wants 25, 30 grand a week and we're not willing to pay that. So, do you reckon any of the others will be made permanent? And don't say Chilina, because... No, Chilina, I don't think we're even interested in uh, looking at him and let's be honest if, if you are you have to you have to question the sanity of people don't you because he's not set the world on fire has he yeah, I don't think he I don't think he set himself on fire the way he's playing I've got to be honest I've, no, I've never that's probably very very true so um, if I look at oh, God Pearson I don't think we'll go for Sarkic unless there's no, no other alternative available Hoover I think he'll go to another club do I think he's a burnt defender no but he's added something Smallbone, he won't come, he'll stay at Southampton. I think Pearson is the only one we're going to get. Not Twan Zabby? I wouldn't want Twan Zabby now. He, he, the reason, I think he's a Rolls Royce of a defender when he plays, but we're just replacing a Nick Powell uh, with another person that will be injury prone. Yeah, that, that's and, the problem. When you have damage with your back, you, you never you never get over it the same. I mean, but everybody's talking about Ben Wilmot coming back as fit as a flea. We don't know how bad that injury is. We don't know how he, if he gets another smack on his back. We hope not, that he'll be all right. But there's a lots of uh, up in the air. I don't think Josh Tymon's played the same since he's got back from his injury. Yeah, Josh Tymon's one of them at sell, to be honest. I know Rangers are interested. If I mean, then you've got the Tyrese Campbell situation where all of a sudden Everton is supposed to be interested in him. I... I I don't think he's had a brilliant season. Season. I don't know where these words come from. I mean, his father used to play there, didn't he? But would you be sorry? He's the best finisher at the club. But you can be the best finisher at the club and not do anything, can't you? No, I think you've been a bit harsh there, Andrew. I mean, I think his goals has kept us up this season. I, I will be honest. Do you know? I, do, I, think he, I think he's been... 
he's, he's not been amazing, but who has? I mean, let's be honest, Dan, who, who has this season? No one has. He's been, for me, he's in my top three. I mean, a bit of a clue there to my top. He's in my top three for player of the year. But there's, there's not a lot of choose from, is there? So, I think he's a club, is he top goal scorer now this season, Campbell? I, I'm sure. Uh, I think so, yeah. So, I, I think with this Jacob Brown more than people realise, and as much as he's a gutsy grafter, the days of when I thought Jacob Brown would be a star player that we would miss, he's no Johnny Walters, and I think that just shows how how we have fallen. Well, I've, I've, to, I'll be brutally honest. I think Jacob Brown is at best a sub striker. If we if we're ever thinking of trying to get up to the top division. I rate him. I think he's a good grafter and he's a good he's a good player having your team. But like I say, if an offer come in for Jacob Brown, he, he's gone for me. If Rangers come in or Celtic come in and say we'll have him for, for I don't know two three million, you can have him. <laughs> Honestly, you can have him. But the problem is we, we, there's too many issues fixed. Now Pearson comes in. I don't know what market we're going to be looking at, Ange, because if we've got to build an entire team with nine million pound. That is going to be extremely difficult, that. Because you've got to think wage bills, you've got to think transfer fees, which means we still can't buy any players. So basically what you're telling me is, from what you're thinking, nothing's going to improve. We're going to be back to... It's going to be the same as last this season as next season. It's going to be loans Listen, and free transfers. Uh, the one thing we haven't got is Mike O'Neill's legacy for this football club. Whatever you thought of him as a manager is... He kept us up when I believe we would have gone down into the first division. But he reduced the wage bill so dramatically. He gave us young squad players that we've sold on in Collins and Suter because nobody else would have played them. So they had some, they got some resale value. And he left us in a far better place than he found us in. We have to give Alex Neil time to see if he can do the same. I don't think Brown would have... Uh, sorry, Neil would have been able to... Uh, handle the FFP that Michael O'Neill has. But when you look at the situation on the pitch, which is really what the only thing that people care about, um, he has now got to build a squad within the confines of FFP without the players that are injury-prone. Uh, if you look at O'Neill's worst run when he was manager, it's better than... Alex Neal's runs. That doesn't mean either of them is a better manager than the other. You could look at both of them having injury problems and injury setbacks. When you've got a player like Powell, who you'd like to build your team around, and he's injured more times than he isn't, don't matter how good he is, you're going to get rid, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem we've got. We've got too many biscuit-leg players in this team. Look at the key players that Michael O'Neill had. Who would you say they were? Campbell. I suppose he made Baker a key player. Uh, Powell, definitely. Brown, he liked. Timon, he liked. But you can name any one of those players and um, they're not playing anywhere near as well as they did under Michael O'Neill. So I'm not sure where you can get this thought in anybody's head that Alex Neal is going to make just those players I've named, Tymon, Brown, okay he's injured now, Powell, nobody will ever make Powell a better player because of his injuries, and Campbell, they haven't hit the ground running, so of those players, Tymon, Baker, Campbell, Brown, how many of them would you have in your team? 
Campbell, yeah. Baker, no. Would you have time in him? Would you have Brown? No, I've never eaten time or Baker. Timon's, I've always said, he, he's so hit and miss and he needs somebody to bring him in the game. I don't want players that do that. That's why I like Sterling, because he brings himself into the game. Whereas Timon, if he, the only time Timon for me plays well is when he's alongside J, uh, Jordan Thompson, who, who feeds off his left foot. That That's the only one I can think of, but... That's why I like Sterling, because he, he bombs up and down that wing. It's something Timon can't do. T- Timon, I look at him, I don't know where playing. It's the same with Jordan Thompson. Both are players that are very similar. I don't know where to play them. Because wherever I see them, you'll have a couple of good games at left wing back, and you think, oh, he looks good. Then he'll be bad for throw. And it's that that's the issue with half our squad. That It's like Jacob Brown, he'll have a good run where he'll score you know, two and four games. And then he'll go missing for a month where he doesn't score at all. The problem is yeah. with our players, they are not good enough for where we are. Yeah, but we talk about that, Ian. Right? We've got to get a target man because we haven't had a target man for years. We've got to get wingers, right? And I'm absolutely certain that we will sign a target man and wingers. Right? And then if he does that, we'll probably play 4-3-3. But what you ask the question is what standard and what quality and what age will those players do? Because if you're looking, as everybody says, at Ashley Barnes, he's another one towards the end of his career. That is, in my opinion, progressive looking for the way forward. It's stopgap measures to try and use players with experience to get us out of the situation we're in. Right? That's that's what we are. When Alex Neal took over from Michael O'Neill, I think we got seven points and we were... 17th, I'm pretty sure we're 17th. Yeah, we're right, right? Team, yeah. Right? We're going to finish 17th this season. Yeah, because we'll get nothing so, against Watford. Where is the... Well, we might, and then it might be better, but where's the progression? There, there isn't. There isn't. We're but, going backwards. But, Whichever way you look at it, we're going backwards. But, I, but the thing and is, Ange, I'm not going to put that on the managers, though, Ange. That's that's the thing I'll, I'll say. I'm not going to put it on the managers. Well, it, we all know exactly where I'm putting the blame for what's gone on with Stoke over the last seven years. Right, so what is going to change? Well, if it doesn't, then it's time for new owners, Ange. I keep, I keep saying this. I've given them time. I've given them plenty of time to fix this rot. But... They're spending when they don't need spend, like they did when they come down from the Premier League. And now we really need to spend money and go for it. I mean, I don't. If we spent fifteen million or or twenty million this summer, or and, and brought five six good players in to improve our team, and then brought loans around them till we could find solid replacements for them the year after, we could build a team in three years that can go up. And then FFP goes away. We're in the Premier League because. Every club I know, Sheffield United in the same boat. If they didn't go up this year, they would have been hit by FFP next year. Same with Burnley, because they, they sold. They only sold Nathan Collins for money. The rest of them were all cheap and free and get got rid and and then they spent a load of money. If they hadn't gone up this year, they had two years to go up to the Premier League. And if they didn't, they were going to be in effort. They're going to be in trouble. If you every club I look at who's up there and ready to go up, Luton are. And Luton can only, I think, can only spend five million a season. And if you spend five million, they're in FFP trouble because the ground's too small. They don't have a big fan base. They're punching drastically above their weight. But every club who's up there in the top five or six have all overspent. All of them have. Yeah. Now I agree. Yeah. I agree. Derby got it wrong. 
and I agree Huddersfield got it wrong and now Reading have got it wrong it's all on your recruitment on how you do that now for me if Alex Neal's got six, seven, four, five, six players that'll cost 20 million well 15, 16 million and 4 million for wages on loans I'd give it to him I'd go right sort it out but you've got if we if we aren't in a, around the playoffs at the end of the season and next year we aren't fighting to go up with a bit more spend you go that's how, for me, because this is how Chelsea do it with FFP. They'll give a manager three years, and if he hasn't got enough success in that three years, they'll sack him and bring somebody new in, unless it's drastically bad like Graham Potter or a few other people. Now, for me, if they've got... Because, I mean, they John Coates must trust Alex Neilange because he's tried three times to get him. And I want to know why he turned us down the first two times, but now he's, he's really interested. I'd, I'd like to know that. I really would because he. I, I think hand on heart, you probably know that. Well, I don't. I generally don't know why. Why all of a sudden when in Sunderland have got a better squad than us, they have, and they've got a real good crop of young players that are well, breaking the word, that team. The words were that Sunderland didn't back him with the transfer funds he wanted, uh, and one can only assume he got offered more money when he came to Stoke. But if you take that aside and you look at another football club in our league today in Rotherham. Rotherham, as far as I was concerned, were absolutely certain to go down. They have stayed up today, right? You look at the Rotherham team, they've got a couple of quick lads. I think one of the quick lads is um, is very quick. I think his name's Bramall, right? Yeah, You look Bramall. at their team and you say that their team are on a par with Stoke City. They're better than ours. You look, at, you look at Queen's Park Rangers, who are two points behind us at the moment and could finish above us. You look at Coventry, who are above us. You cannot deny the table doesn't lie. No, it doesn't we lie, are no. simply rubbish in terms of where we want to be. Yeah, it is. We're not, I'm not, definitely not denying it. We should be higher up, especially with our wage bill as well. We should be... In the top six, really, there's no question yeah. about it. But the problem is, we're not. We're not, and the reason we're not is because we keep resetting and starting again. And because we aren't spending money in, the pl- the caliber of player we're bringing gets slowly worse because All we're right. trying to well, fix I'll so many this. holes. I'll ask you this: if we are not performing as you want by middle of August next season, which is the same time that Michael O'Neill was given. Would you reset again? Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to. Right. If, so if, if you're not... you have to, but on the one hand, you're blaming the club for resetting. Yeah, but... You can't be <laughs> chucking millions away on but... players that then you reset again. Somebody but... has to stay and, and change things around. I, Somebody I, has to do that. I agree with you, Andrew, but the problem is with nowadays football... It's too expensive to have somebody in there who's, who can ruin it. Look at Chelsea or Graham Potter. You have to reset and start again. The thing is with us, we're going to be in this position for... If if you're telling me with the amount of money we've got to spend that, that we are, we're going to be resetting and starting again for the next five, six years. Because the problem is we can't... We, we, we're only going to be able to bring in free chances and loans like we did this season. And when we've got owners as rich as ours that aren't going to go for it because they want to keep an FFP, for me, you're saying it's sensible and it's how it should be. To me, it's lack of ambition. 
I don't care about being in this. I don't want to be in this division anymore. I hate being in the championship. I hate this league. Now, years ago when we were in it, fair enough, because we didn't have any money. Our owners weren't rich. We had no money. We just had to hope and hope and hope. But now we have got money. And I have no, there's no excuse for me for us spending £9 million. If they back... Right, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there, right? You're talking about money, right? Graham Potter was outstanding at Brighton. He was, yeah. That, that is because it was good recruitment. Yeah, he says, yeah. Chelsea throw money at players. You look at the money Chelsea have thrown at players. I would say that wasn't good recruitment. The manager goes, right? The recruitment department at Stoke over the last few years has not brought in players that seem to have worked. It seems to have brought in players that don't have the motivation that we want or are either not up, not fit for purpose, right? We are struggling because in the past few years, our recruitment has been second rate or those they brought in to recruit have not been allowed to recruit, right? When Barcelona were doing so well under Pep, right, and he left, he left to go to other clubs and everywhere he's gone, they have had good recruitments, right? We have not, to me, it looks like, have a right formula for recruitment. I know what you've said about the philosophy. Until we get somebody in that is going to stick with the philosophy of this is how Stoke City play. Brentford and Brighton, right, have stuck with a way of playing and they bring in a manager that suits the way they play. We don't. We keep hitting reset. It has to stop. No, I agree. I've said this. I've said this for about three years and I've been saying for three years that our recruitment team needs to be sacked and new people brought in. But the, but the problem is what I'm seeing yet again, like we've met the new board and we're in the council meeting, I don't mean to slag them off, but the second rate. These are people that... Right, West... well, hang on. Right, Ian. So we could end up chucking money away again this transfer window, however much it is, right, we could get it wrong. Yeah, and then you, we probably will. you spent too much, it, then you've spent too much and you're back into the Gary Rowett territory again where... Players aren't playing well. We've got a load of lumber. They've got three years contracts, etc., etc. Right? Yeah. We've had one really good patch this season, right? And I think a lot of fans will remember that one good patch, but they'll remember the bad stuff even worse. We cannot, whether whether you agree with this manager or not, whether I agree that this manager is the right manager or not, we can't keep changing managers. Right? We can't keep doing it. At some point, the club's got to stick or bust with what they've got. Otherwise, all we're going to do is play, let's have a merry-go-round one season. Oh, I don't like these players. I've got to get the own players in next season. It has to stop, and it should stop now. Whether we do it rightly or wrongly, it should stop now. Yeah, but the problem is, Hans, like, OK then, so we're in August. We're in August next season, where you said Michael O'Neill sacked. And we've lost every game apart from five. We've drawn two and won two. Yeah. Drawn three, sorry, and, and won two. So, what would you do then? What would I do? Yeah. I, I think 
think I would probably do what you would probably do. Which that's what I mean. Again. Yeah, that's but what... it can't always be the manager. It's it. We know... And I'm not saying it's the owners. It is the philosophy of the football club, which is we just go with what the manager says, we go with who he wants to bring in, we go with who he wants to be technical director or who he thinks we should have in his technical director or his staff. We don't have a philosophy. And until the football club stick to one philosophy, I can see us playing this roulette for Yonks. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm 100%. I, I, I've been saying this for years. The club keep copying and pasting. They've been doing it for, what, since Mark Hughes left. We have been copying and pasting for how many years is that? Six and a half years? Five and a half years, six and a half years, is it whatever? All we do is copy and paste. We'll, but we'll... I think we're at a crossroads, right? Yeah, if we are. If you look back at the managers we've had in the past, God knows how long, we must have spent, since we came out of the Premier League, we've probably spent in excess of 100 million trying to get back up there, right? Since we've done that, we haven't even gotten the top half of the Championship. No, we haven't. No. Right? And since ways. then, if you go from now, we've got Alex Neal, before that we had Michael O'Neill, before that it was Nathan Jones, before that it was Gary Rowett, we had the disastrous appointment in terms of how it turned out of Paul Lambert, when the wheels started to fall off with Mark Hughes. We had some brilliant football under Mark Hughes, but nearly every fan knew when it was going wrong. And we waited, and we waited, and we waited. And since that time, right, we have just kept doing the same thing. Yeah, we have, right? yeah. We've just kept doing the same thing. At some point, you have to stop and you have to stick. Is Alex Neal the person to change it round? I just think he might be. I just don't know if he will be. If he isn't, as you've said, where on earth do we go? Well, that's the million-dollar question, Andy, isn't it? Which we'll have to discuss a bit more next week because we have to move on now. And I know what you mean. It's been a good conversation that's lasted an hour, which the listeners will like. But yeah, we've only got a few minutes left, so well, why don't we talk about the last match of the season and how we've been a pace to Watford? Well, yeah, that's a bit of a positive because I think we'll get battered 3 0. I've got to be honest. But this game's a dead rubby for both teams. I mean, Watford can't go to the playoffs now, and I think we are, let's be honest, shite. What What are your feelings on this game? Because to be, to be brutally honest, I think half the fan base can't be bothered. Where is it, QP? Whereas at QPR, everyone's talking about the new series of House of whatever it's called, the Game of Thrones thing. People were talking about golf. People were talking about how garbage Chelsea are, how we don't want Arsenal win the league. What are your feelings on this game? Because I've got to be honest, I can't be bothered. There's, there's more important I, Well, I've got to go. I think it'll be a game where he plays a lot of youngsters. I think he'll give some of the young kids that are around the chance like Macari. I think uh, he'll try and get them to do well to, to hopefully give people hope for next season. Um, if Twanzebe doesn't play in this match, I don't think there's any chance of him ever joining Stoke. You have to say that Addy Wirtek would have been brilliant, but I just can't see anything that is good about the game or that other than he might play some of the young lads. So what's your score prediction? 2-1 Watford. I thought we were getting paced him, you said. We're going to paste him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the pacing. I mean, listen, 
we had, had I would take three percent possession and winning one none rather than the eighty percent possession we had in the first half and not having a shot on target against Queen's Park Rangers. I'd I'd love to just to see a good performance to end the season really. I mean if we drew one 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 and we play well, you know, we really create chances and, and play like we did against Coventry a while ago. If we if we, we put that on it'll give us a bit of hope in the final final game but you know it's all on the summit everybody's expected it and we've talked about it enough obviously but as we mentioned QPR we've had to say goodbye to an absolute icon the voice of Stoke and you've worked with him now for a fair few years I believe Nigel Johnson's retired after 54 years talking about Stoke do, do you feel sorry for him in some cases Anne? Sorry for him having, to, having his last match to commentate for the whole of the match on that shower of excrement. I felt sorry for him that they couldn't put in a performance that matched the occasion for Nigel. I will say that it's been an honour to work alongside Nigel. When I started listening to Radio Stoke and I was quite young and I couldn't go to some of the away matches, Nigel kept me and everybody else who's probably listening to this podcast of, of a similar age uh, up to date with the club. He's a gentleman. He tell he paints pictures, or he did paint pictures of the match when you couldn't be there. Like everybody, advancing years caught up with him. It's much harder to to not make mistakes when you and, and have them spotted when you people are watching on the stream rather than on the radio. Um, you, in new stadiums, you sit in most cases further away from the players than you used to, and with the new kits, it's harder for some people to see. So, you know, when your sight's going a little bit towards the end, um, it's difficult. But I will say for Nigel, um, nobody will ever replace Nigel at Radio Stoke. Whoever takes his position, it'll be an impossible job to follow. Nigel, uh, he's now become a friend and I wish him all the best. As I just said, I, I think it was so sad that he had to finish. But perhaps ironic because the first... Your commentary he did, he did the Vale and they got relegated. The first year he did the Stoke was in the season where uh, we got relegated, the 84-85 season. And this time he goes out with a game whereby we may just be 90 minutes away from another worst points total. So for me, he's been fantastic. Uh, it's been an honour, as I say, and a privilege to work with him. And we won't see the likes of him again. No, I agree the sentiments. I mean, I've been, he's been Stoke commentator since I was born, really. I remember as a kid listening to the radio and listening to Nigel on the way up to games and stuff, away games. I can remember he made a big blip or something to get Cardiff and Ninian Park in the playoff semi-final, the best game I've been as a Stoke fan. And I can remember coming home to, after all the violence that happened that day, it was quite a horrible game go. But I remember the good times, like the semi-final, the FA Cup and the final and Obviously, they're getting promoted as well. I I was trying to get up to the main stand I was during that game. I first went over and gave the two fingers at Leicester. They've had the last laugh with a Premier League and FA Cup after, obviously. But, you know, it, it's, it's not, it isn't going to be the same, is it? When people tune into Radio Stoke, there's always been one voice there for 54 years. But there's not a lot of people alive that remember people before that. So it's, it's great to see. It's great to see him happily retire, it's probably overdue, as some would say, but he's been brilliant for Stoke, and he's, I hope he enjoys the rest of whatever he's going to do, have you, have you heard off him, has he, has he said what he's got planned, is it fishing, is it golf, 
Or is it table tennis? Uh, what, he'll, what's be he going, he'll be going to the matches as a fan. Fan, I'm sure people will see him around. I wish him all the best. Does he want to come on a podcast and be a regular I'll on him? I will ask him. Let's see if he wants to come on and well. say his words. He can do it as a fan. He can be. He can say what he wants this time, like you do, Ange, because you are never afraid to say what you want, are you? Right. Uh, I'd like to think I tell the truth, but I promise you, I'll ask him uh, whether he can put up with you and me at the same time. Though that's a big ask. I think he, he'll be fine. Don't worry, he'll be fine. He, he's he, he's old enough and wise enough now. Now. What you're like, and right. So before we go, we'll talk about the women. How have they got on since we since we've last been on? Have we won a cup? Are we champions of something? Are we near the playoffs? Well, we won one cup. We're not the champions of anything else. But we've had a decent season. Next season, it will be the beginning of a new era. And let's hope that Stoke City men and women will both be going for, for a promotion double. Well, we've got out for it, Antic. So quickly before we finish, as the have the women finished for the season now? Yeah, they finished. They finished the season now. There'll be announcements of when trials are going on, and let's hope that the women get some new players just as the men. Yeah, I agree with that. So I can only apologise for being away for a few weeks. I have had technical issues, and I do apologise. But we are back properly. I know this season's been a bit hit and miss with what's gone on. I have had a lot of things going on with personal issues and stuff so we are back and we're going to be back properly next season we'll definitely be doing every week that, that's the plan unless obviously internationals and things come into play so as i've said before if you like the podcast join us on any podcast platform we're on spotify we're on amazon we're on iTunes, and if you are on iTunes, you can do us a great honour of putting a five-star review in. It means a lot to the podcast, and it gets us up that chart, which is what we want to be. The better we become, might get sponsors, might be able to do even better things. Next year, I'm hoping to improve things, but we've got one more game to go, so come on, Stowe. Thanks for listening. ta All the best.